Podcast listeners to Previously on Lost, this is episode number 53, and there is a cost, there is a cost of living, and we're going to find out just what it costs to live today, but two people who are living with me, I am Mike, and I have Stephen and Corey, they are alive-ish, maybe, I don't know, uh, <laughs> how, how are y'all doing? I mean, are you alive, are you hanging in there? Well, I'll tell you, I think the cost of living is... Uh, pretty high here in la but uh you know what i get by i get by <laughs> you get by you get by oh yeah. steven how about you you look like you're 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 living it up man you you speak to me as if i'm steven <laughs> <laughs> <Dang it. laughs> that was good hope i didn't blow out oh, the was, ears of anybody loved it. i loved it man oh how are you doing bud doing good doing good how about yourself Oh, uh, we're doing. We're hanging in there. We can't complain. So uh, we get to talk about this episode, and we get to say goodbye to somebody in this episode. No, and, uh, sorry, Sawyer. And uh, no spoiler, no. <laughs> uh, but before we do that, here's what we want you to do: we want you to hit the pause on the podcast. If you've got a Twitter account or an Instagram or Facebook, you need to go out there, find us. We're on Twitter at Lost Rewatch Pod. Um, I'm at the DC Mike. Stephen is where at Lucky Thirteen Steve. Corey is where? At Original Mav. And we are on Instagram at Previous on Lost Podcast and on Facebook. So just type in that Facebook.com slash that Previously on Lost and add us as well. And if you don't know what else we got, we're on, we are a proud podcast on the RetroZap Network. So go to RetroZap.com for all that good stuff. So with all the preliminaries out of the way, I think it's time on this episode we talk about the episode, the cost of living steven bring us in to this episode all right episode five of season three this one first aired november 1st 2006 directed by jack bender written by allison schnappner and monica awusu breen Booyah. Um, a uh, delirious echo wrestles with demons from his past while Locke and some of the other castaways head back to the pearl hoping to find a computer that they can use to locate Jack, Kate, and Sawyer. Meanwhile, Jack doesn't know whom to trust when two of the others seem at odds with, the, with one another. Echo's flashbacks in this episode unusually follow the format of occurring immediately after the flashbacks from one of his previous centric episodes, the 23rd Psalm. Boom. Uh, just some facts about this one. Uh, if this was the final appearance of uh, Mr. Echo in a series, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna try to say his name. Probably gonna butcher it, but uh, Adewale Agbaje. Um, this is his final appearance. He was meant to be an important part of the show, almost a yin to the yang of Locke, which would have been really interesting to see these two continue on with one another. However, it was, um, you know, there, there's, there's. Um, there, there's a couple of rumors. One rumor that's I didn't put here in the notes that, that he left is because he was he didn't like the direction his character was going with the show, um, and he requested to be off. Another rumor was that he felt like he should have gotten paid more than he was getting paid for it. 
but the one that's that you know uh, IMDb has is that he requested to be written off so off the show due to the death of his parents, which is possible too because that did happen. And he then returned to England and he took a break from acting for a while. Yeah, there there was um, a little bit to that as well that you know he they're living and shooting on location in Hawaii, and you know I I'm not sure what it's like if you're from England. Um, you know, or if you're from other areas in the, in the United States or wherever it is, like I heard he had a little bit of island fever. What he just like felt like kind of trapped there, did not want to be there. And I especially yeah. could guess like if you're in mourning from your parents, like that was like a horrible accident. You'd want to kind of get out of there. And so that was that was part of it uh, as well. I can't remember what it was, but he ends up going to. Um, not going back to acting, I think he did eventually, but he made some sort of uh, feature film that he directed, and you know, mm. I can't remember the details of it right now, but that was like the next thing that he did sometime um, after, you know, um, you know, the passing of his parents. So it's right. just a really tragic, unfortunate thing, and of course, we love him on the show, and we wish he could he could have continued being on there, and it. Kind of sucks to have him just like abruptly written off the show because it is so abrupt. We get right. him in what we had him in that one in the previous episode, right? Or the uh, no, yeah. the lock episode, and he's basically been asleep all season. <laughs> yeah, we we didn't get much of him this season for sure. That that was kind of frustrating, and I I know this is still my you know my biggest what if in the whole show is you know what if whatever. What if he hadn't asked to be written off the show for whatever reason, you know? I, I, I want to know so bad what their plans long-term were for, for Mr. Echo. and uh, it's, uh, it's a bummer we never got to find out for sure. Well, I, I think we'll get into that as we talk about the episode. But I think we can kind of... Th- this episode is a little bit of a, you know, um, a, a sneak or like a, you know, a... a a window, that's the word I was looking for, a window into what his story could have been, but like condensed down into one episode, like oversimplified. So right. I think some of this may have been part of the plan, but I'm not sure if, uh, yeah. smoke, you know, the end is. We'll we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> when Locke killed him. Um, <laughs> here we go. Uh, this is the, the first episode since Do No Harm, which was 34 episodes ago. Uh, to feature the death of a male main character. Every main character killed since Boone has been female. Uh, a deleted. There were a couple deleted scenes. Uh, one of the, I added these in here because I thought these were interesting. One deleted scene features Sawyer and Kate breaking rocks during their time on Hydra Island. Uh, Pickett comes to Sawyer and tells him that the only reason he is still alive is because Ben needs him alive. Uh a second deleted scene shows Danny Pickett revealing that the construction site's real purpose is the runway. Um, so, so I have two things about these. I'm glad they cut them. One because I don't think they would have flowed with the story. One because of the fact his wife just died. So for him to go back to work, you know, based on the episode before, would have seemed really odd. Um. So I don't. I, I agree with that. And number two, I'm glad that they hid the fact that that's a runway uh, until well, a later season. I think they reveal it 
at some point this season. I'm pretty sure they say something about it. Maybe not. Maybe I've just seen that deleted scene, and that's what I remember. Because I used yeah. to have the DVD, so I watched all the deleted scenes. So that yeah, might have been is, what I remember. Yeah, this, I, but I know this that is I, one of the deleted ones. Yeah, I know that I knew it was a runway when this season came out. Because I, okay. I had seen it somewhere. But it might have been just seeing the deleted scene. And, you know, Lost fans, you know, they even a deleted scene is going to end up on Lostpedia, so people know. <laughs> but... Yeah. Uh, to just comment on that, <clears throat> yeah, I think Sawyer and Kate would have taken. It would have been the the flow of the episode. It was enough just to have like this stuff with Jack, but to like have all three of those storylines going on at the same time would have been a lot. I think. Yeah, I think they they needed to focus on what they, if they were going to write Echo off the show in this episode, then it was right for them just to kind of focus on just Echo and not jump around. Yeah, and, and plus. Sawyer and Kate have been like the, I'm pretty sure you could say they've been the stars of the season so far. By far, yep. I had more screen time than anyone else. So we needed mm-hmm. a break. As much as we we love uh, whatever the heck their pet name is. <laughs> Sate? Skate. So, skate. 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 Okay. Skate. <laughs> I don't know. Did, right. did, did you have? A, was that the last? Yeah, that, that was, was last. it, man. It's all okay. Now. That was your last episode. Fact. We we jumped in there several times. I wasn't sure. <laughs> okay, so we're going to uh, let you guys know how many days we've been on the island. So this episode covers days seventy one and seventy two, uh, and we have we've we've shuffled around the order of some of this here, as you may be able to tell. Previously on Lost, we learned. That uh, or we see that Sun shoots Colleen on the Elizabeth, the boat, and Jack fails to save Colleen. So that was from a couple episodes ago. And Saeed and Charlie find Virgin Mary statues filled with heroin in the Beechcraft again from Exodus. And then Charlie takes Echo to the Beechcraft where he finds his brother's dead body. Yemi. So. Yeah, the Beechcraft has been just such a great location, returning there over and over again. So We'll return there at least one more time um, to view the inside of a toilet, too. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Talk about that at a later date. Maybe a couple uh, more times. <laughs> so, let's, so let's talk about this episode, then. Let's start with Echo's, um, Echo's flashbacks. What did you think about the whole flashback scenario with Echo? Of course, remember, they used that, they kind of like the yellow lens to kind of give that filter of that side of the world again um, in the shooting of it. But what did you guys think from, you know, from from stealing the food to to him straight up, you know, going Conan the Barbarian inside of a church with the machete on those people? <laughs> well, well th- Mr. Echo's flashbacks, just to me, they're, they're almost – like movie quality like to me it just it it seems like an academy award winning movie every time kind of condensed into a few scenes i just love the world they've created in mr echo's backstory um you know this probably wasn't my wasn't as good as the original you know the the 23rd psalm one but but I, i still thought this was a good story um i thought it was cool that we got to pick you know right up after that the intense scene, you know, where Yimmy gets shot and, you know, Mr. Echo is just left there and in, in the, on the airfield and they call, you know, they say 
they ask him how he's doing, father. So we see, you know, what hap- how he got from there to, you the know, monastery when, in London. Yeah, when, when he was actually a priest. So um, I thought that was pretty good. I, the the nun here um, forcing him to confess <laughs> about the I it, it gave me real Game of Thrones. Remember the uh, the the confess confess uh, the septa septa unum or whatever that followed Cersei through the streets. They confess just really reminded me of that. But I don't know. It, does does a confession count if it's forced? Like if if you really have to force someone to do it, I I don't know. I didn't. So I thought I thought the character was good, but but I, I kind of struggled with that part of it. Yeah, you're supposed to be actually sorry, and uh, your intention is to not do whatever it is again. So <laughs> yeah, this nun. Uh, I mean, nuns uh, d- during certain times. I mean, you could ask my uh, dad about uh, when he was in school. Uh, nuns can be intense, pretty intense. Uh, not all of them, but uh, this this one definitely. You know, she's trying to teach him a lesson that he can't just take food. Uh, but it's it's also a reflection of, like, the tough world that they live in here. And this idea of, like, you're just trying to survive. I mean, that's the kind of... This episode does have an interesting message because Echo is trying to survive. But he also is supposed to be upholding this kind of moral code and... And to not steal, but like, what about when you're super hungry? And maybe, maybe the nun, she's right that like, hey, we're gonna divvy out the food evenly, and you may be hungry, but this is like best for the community here. Um, but uh, you know, Echo is like trying to Echo and Yemi both, as from young young kids, are trying to live like to go on the the you know the virtuous path in a world that is like really crazy and it's like hard to be have a it's hard for things to be black and white and that's why i said like ultimately it's like kind of a gray story here of like is he good or bad or like you know his decisions are hard to to really pinpoint as good or bad so well i mean this this little village here the two times we've seen it we both times have had an an elderly person just shot for no reason you know the the first time we saw the village, uh, you know they they made or they were trying to make Yemi shoot this, you know old guy who was just wrong place at the wrong time, um, and then here we see it again with the with the woman that was just standing there and and she was just shot to, I guess you know show show the Mister Echo that they were serious, but I mean these people just could get murdered at any time, it, it, you know it's really a difficult existence. Um, you know, we get we get this character. Um, I, I forget her name, but the the one who works at the clinic with the vaccines, and, and you can kind of you know, she's making the most of the situation where she's just kind of accepted that, you know, hey, at least we're getting some of the vaccine. You know, we we may be losing eighty percent of this vaccine, but at least we're getting something. You know, she's just she's trying to make the best out of a bad situation here. Um, and and just really a, a tough life that these people are living. I, I agree. I mean, there was there, there was only so much that she could do because, you know, Yimmy was never going to stand up against the you know the 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 criminals coming in and trying to steal the vaccines. But he was able to speak enough that 
you know, Yimmy always, even just from what we've seen of him, he's always got a way to be very persuasive and very understanding of people, and people are understanding of him. He's just got that complexion about him. So I think there was, I think he was able to get that. As far as like Echo stealing the food as a kid, though, I do want to point out that I know it's not like a moral gray area, but I was actually okay with Echo stealing the food because when you think about it, Echo wasn't stealing it for himself. He was looking after a family. His his younger brother was hungry, and 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 I liked the way he he was willing to take that punishment, and you know deal with that with 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 that confession for his younger brother. So I think I think I think that was very good. I'm not okay. I'm not good with stealing. I, I'm I'm not okay with people stealing it, stealing anything. <laughs> But I think there's a time and a place for everything. <laughs> and to me, I don't know. It didn't look like it didn't look like that was the shed they used to store like, all the food for the village. Though it looked like I don't know. Maybe it was leftovers. I, I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I was gonna say to be clear, I, the stuff that I was saying was more morally gray. Is some of the <laughs> The violence and some of the other things Echo's done, not necessarily oh, okay, okay. stealing you know, graham crackers. That's like, I, I totally understand that. I don't think that was necessarily a bad thing. And, you know, we, we see Mr. Echo consistently do this for Yemi. You know, he he shot he shot the guy in the, the 23rd Psalm, you know, just to, to protect his brother from having to do it. Um, you know, I remember pointing out when he was playing soccer, you know, he was the biggest kid on the field and, you know, could have kind of done whatever he won. And he, you know, he spent all his effort, you know, trying to set his brother up to score. And he, he really looked after his brother, you know, it's kind of the, I don't know if you, if it's a, a trope in movies and shows where you're, you know, stealing food for your, for your starving son. Well, you know, this, this is kind of a, we don't really know much about their parents, but he's definitely kind of, you know, I don't know, a fatherly or an older sibling, you know, kind of looking out for Yimmy. And and we see it over and over in his actions, um, which, you know, kind of makes the the end of everything so tragic. And also remember, in the beginning of Batman Begins, Batman himself steals food. So <laughs> true. <laughs> The first the time greatest, I stole, and the greatest showman too. Yeah, same. so I, you know, I think he says it's like the first time I stole, so I didn't go hungry. I started to, you know, c- confuse what is the line <laughs> between right and wrong. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I mean, Echo uh, does. Uh, you know, he has some physical skills similar to Batman in this. Hundred uh, <laughs> <laughs> percent. But to to get back into that. <clears throat> You know, Echo basically comes back, which I did like the that they take us from, you know, the the, the truck there with the uh, soldiers and stuff. And he comes back and he's he's now kind of I don't know if he's in charge, but the priests have definitely have this authority there in the village. And it is kind of odd that they don't recognize him. <laughs> like, yeah, as the gangster guy that was there, not that, you know long ago whatever whatever his his title i don't know what was he was he a militia person i don't really know what you call what I, he was I, doing before i, I don't know but like i do gang, agree with but... you. i'm not sure but i do agree with you i'm i don't see how they don't recognize him of course i felt the same way too with the other criminals that showed up because if he's supposed to be this big guy in that area that everybody knows 
how 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 does nobody know how does nobody know who he is? It's just it is very awkward. I guess he mildly changed his hair and <laughs> yeah. took off the not wearing the vest anymore. He's wearing the priest outfit, but hey, Superman throws on a pair of glasses and nobody can recognize him. Why can't Mister Echo? Yeah, and, priest outfit. Yeah, maybe he really tried to only talk with Echo or with uh, Yemi and a few other people. So maybe he didn't see a lot of the other people in the village. But, uh, you know, so he, he learns about the whole deal. We, we talked about the 80% is supposed to go to the, you know, the militia. And one thing you could miss in there is that this woman says that, hey, Yemi, before we got 0%, they would take all of it. And Yemi negotiated us to get 20%. And this is, you know, Echo, to him, he says, that's not right. And so, the, like, Echo has an interesting balance between, like, what is, like, right and wrong versus, like, what is like unf- the unfortunate reality of, of um, you know, the world that they're living in. And, you know, he, I don't know what the end result is after he leaves, <laughs> but... I don't know if it's good. So he tried to make things better, but we'll see. You know, the, she says like, "Hey, these guys are just going to be replaced by other people. Like, it doesn't matter that you killed them." So yep. before we get to that, basically, I mean, he talks to this other guy about selling the vaccine. To me, this is all—he's just setting a trap, right? Is that what he's doing? He's trying to lure them in by setting up kind of a false thing that he's going to sell all of it. He, see, I don't, I don't, I don't think he—I don't think it was a trap. I think he genuinely was going to try to sell it and maybe give that money to the people in the village because I don't think he was expecting them to show up at the church. I think he was just trying to sell it before they even knew what happened. I, so I just, I don't know if he was actually, I mean, he could have been playing the long game and knowing that if, when he tried to sell it, that, that they would have showed up at the church. I just don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, do, yeah. you, do, do you think it was a trap? Well, that's not at first. I was like, I don't get why he's doing this. And then when they showed up, I kind of, to me, I, I took it as he intended, you know, put the word out that we're selling this on the black market and it would get back to those guys. And so they'd come and be like, hey, I heard you're trying to sell this vaccine. Like, I sell the vaccine, not you. I mean, this is just but, like if you're, if we're talking like Breaking Bad, if someone, tries to sell their whatever their drugs in the same region you know you've seen that in a show like people here like you can't just do that um but, when you have these but i mean the these they were already going to come back though you know they already said they'd be back on friday to get the the vaccine so i i'm not sure what he would be accomplishing by that trap you know I and mean, they were going to come back anyway so i mean i always got the impression i again i kind of feel like they maybe there should have been a scene or a line here explaining it if he was trying to sell this to give the money to, you know, to the, uh, you know, to the clinic or whatever. If, if he had good intentions here or if he was just kind of falling back into his old, you know, drug warlord day, yeah. you know, kind of patterns. So I kind of feel like they didn't really spell that one out for us um, as far as what his you know, real goal end goal was here. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's left to be interpreted. So, you know, if anybody listening has a better interpretation <laughs> of that, you know, let us know if you think 
that it's super clear that it was something else that we're missing or, or one of things that we've said, uh, I'd be interested uh, to hear. Because it is, I think it, to me, it's kind of ambiguous. Like, they want us to try to figure it out. And, like, you know, I thought maybe, oh, like, he's trying to, like, trick them to come there and then he's going to kill them. But uh, maybe that wasn't his plan. But regardless, like, I mean, what do you guys think about the scene where, and it's a pretty intense scene of all of the echo flashbacks. I feel like this is, yeah, this is a pretty brutal one. This one sticks with me. And it also has shades of Kill Bill 2. It's probably one of the most violent scenes in the show. Yeah, I mean, because you you see the violence you you see the violence in church, and then you just then you then he just walks out, and he's got like blood all over his collar, all over his, you know, all over his 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 shirt, and then he just pans down to the machete, and he's got just like blood just like hanging off the machete, oozing off, and I'm like, this is most one of the most violent probably scenes in the entire show. Um, I think. I think he knew he had a choice in that moment. Is either okay, I lose my hands, but I'm not like Yimmy because Yimmy would have just let him, you know, cut his hands off. But he was going to stick up for himself, and and I don't think he was expecting them them to board the church up. Um, but I I I I do think he was like I'm gonna have to kill these guys, or they're just gonna keep coming back. Yeah, I always enjoyed the line where, you know, where he said, you don't know who I am, where, you know, Emeka had previously told him, you know, you don't know who, who I am, as in, you, you know, yep. you should be afraid of me. And I, I always kind of enjoyed the way Mr. Echo turned that around. I mean, you know, they really messed with the wrong guy here. And, uh, the, you know, they didn't even know what they were getting themselves into. So so I enjoyed all that. I, I agree. He definitely, the, the boarding up of the church was a, unforeseen you know consequence of that that you can tell he really feels remorse about and obviously it leads him to you know try to rebuild the church on the island so he took that to heart but but i mean these guys definitely got what was coming to him and you know it it may not you know be a real (laughs) real wholesome thing that he did but but in a way you know to me it seems justified yeah, and it's just, it's the question is, is he, it, it, I agree that, like, there's justification to some degree here, but what's the end game? You know, are these guys really just going to be replaced by people who are going to come back and be more angry, or you know, angrier, and then burn down some buildings and kill some more people? You know, what does this really accomplish? Um anything beneficial that's well, that's kind of the question maybe he didn't think maybe he didn't think about that in the heat of the moment oh no obviously not right he but just thought we, if so, i get rid of these guys it's good and, and then look i think the cool one i like the end of the flashback i think it's kind of a pretty cool scene you have uh oh, what's her name um, amika amina uh yeah amina she basically says, like, hey, you know, you owe us a church <laughs> or you, you owe Emmy a church. So um, it kind of ties things back to the island. Do you guys think, did that work for you guys? Or Yeah, I mean, it worked about, about it as well as we could have thought it was going to work. So it wasn't too bad. I mean, to, to me, it was a good capper on, 
you know, a, a almost, you know, ha- at least half a season of a story where he started building this church. And, you know, first we didn't know what he was doing. Then we finally learned it's a church and, you know, kind of leads up to this, you know, explanation of why he was doing all that, which I thought that part of it was really cool. However, I do think it's a little bit taken away from this because the church doesn't get built. You know, at this point, he'd already kind of abandoned the church. It's been turned into a to a sweat lodge for Locke. Um, yeah. So, I mean, to, to <laughs> me, the like, fact is that probably... the, the fact that he gave up this church kind of bothers me. You know, it's like he had this mission and I guess he feels like Yimmy led him to the button pushing mission instead of the church. Uh, I mean, I guess the whole time he's trying to do right by his, his brother, but, but I kind of wish he would have really stuck with the church thing. He doesn't complete the church. And then Locke basically builds, uh, you know, a sweat lodge to do his little, uh, (laughs) pagan rituals. I mean, I'm I'm kidding, but (laughs) I mean, Yimmy is rolling over in his, you know, plane draft. Yeah. <laughs> oh, stupid bald guy. Uh, yeah, this is this is the last time we see an Echo flashback, and um, for the ones that we got, it was they were you know they were they they were pretty good. Again, I'm kind of like you, Stephen. I wish we could, I wish we could have got got more of the flashbacks of, of Echo. I would have really liked to see where he came from. Uh, I would have liked to have seen more of what he did maybe in London, maybe when he got to London, because the last time we got was, you know, the first one was where he was in London, then he had to go to Australia to check out the miracle. And this one, he's he's really, it's, yeah. it's all about where he grew up. And uh, the, the episode with the investigating the miracle I, to me, was is very far removed from these two. These two, you know, in his little home village, these two were such strong backstories. I kind of wish we would have got more of that rather than the whole investigating the miracle story. Um, but again, I think at the time they did that, they thought they would have longer with Mister Echo. You know that they, I think they thought they would be able to tell more story than they ultimately were able to. Yeah, I think if Echo is not, um, you know, if he continues on the the series, we see probably two Echo episodes this season. And I think this story here with the village and the church, I mean, maybe this gets extended where this storyline might have been compressed a little bit for one episode where some of this could have been... um, you know, spread out to where he doesn't, because basically at the end of this episode, he's, he's, uh, you know, heading out of town to go to, uh, London, right. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty close to that. And so, and I I mean, I mean, it, it, it probably would have been like, to me, one of the most more interesting backstories, if we would have gotten of him would have been, I want to know what happened between his time when he was, when he was taken by the criminals as a young kid for when he shot, shot the guy, when we see him next in the in the first Echo backstory episode, where he becomes like this this war, like what happened in that time as he grew up as a teenager and a young guy, like what those would have been really cool stories to find out. Like yeah, what? Yeah, that, I didn't even think of that. There's a lot in there, and I think it's uh, should be mentioned that I there's some similarities, not just because it's like a desert community and they use that same filter probably, but. Uh, there are some similarities to this and some of Saeed's flashback that we get 
I believe in season five with the whole kind of uh, you're a killer and you can't like escape that, you know, whatever fate. And it's a little bit, uh, it, it seems like they, there's shades of that. Obviously this came first in this episode where, you know, Echo is trying to escape that violent past, but it seems like it always comes to follow him. And, uh, you know, Amina even says, like, hey, you're going to have to, like, repent for the three guys you killed. You know, and then he tries to do that again when he's on the island after he kills, I think, another two guys or I'm not sure however many. Yeah. But, yeah, he just he can never really escape this. And so it's, uh, you know, it's different than Saeed's story. But there's uh, some similarities in the kind of like tragic nature of their lives. Yeah. Well, moving moving away from his flashbacks, uh, let's kind of go to present time here because we got a couple more storylines uh, to talk to discuss tonight. Let's talk about the Losties camp themselves. Um, you know, my <laughs> my first note is Nikki and Paolo. Blah. <laughs> Just, I mean, it's like I don't, I don't. Okay, I don't. They're I don't annoying. understand. I don't. I don't understand this thing. I don't. It's like. You have our main characters, and then all of a sudden, it's it's like the writers and directors are like, "Oh, let's add Nikki and Paolo to act like they've been main characters the whole time too. Like they're just they just have this hapful conversation with like Locke and and all them. Like they've been around the whole time. It's okay. So it's kind of like that Community episode I just watched the other day, um, where Jack Black is the guest star of the of the episode. <laughs> And and like they have this community study group, but but off in the distance you just you see this unusual person and you know joining in the group hugs and and then he just recants of like the first few episodes of season one where he says, Oh, remember that happened in Spanish class. Oh, I couldn't remember that. He's like all in the back of the room. That's what this <laughs> felt like. <laughs> well <laughs> like, why? <laughs> well, that, I mean, that that's going to be the, the Nikki and Paolo episode that comes up. That's, you know, that's mm-hmm. basically what the whole thing is going to be. Yeah. Uh, that is a good comparison to that Jack Black community episode. But um, I, to, I mean, I remember the writers saying that they wanted to, you know, people were making comments about, you know, oh, you're only you're focusing on this group of, you know, 14 people, whoever the main characters were. But. But, you know, there's all the there's more characters than that. You know, we, we want to learn more about what's going on with the other characters. And they said that these characters were in response to, to that. They said that, you know, people were kind of asking about that, commenting on it. And then they, you know, we'll, we'll get to that in expose that, you know, they they decided that this wasn't working. So apparently the writers agreed with you Mike, that, uh, that, you know, this didn't work. And that's why they. They gave them the somewhat abrupt end I mean, they did. Well, um, I mean, I would have enjoyed seeing Scott or Steve more. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. The, the audience isn't always right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've read any comment section, but I would say the majority of comments are, you know, should be just disregarded immediately. <laughs> yes. So uh, <clears throat> now I, I, I will say, sorry to interrupt, but if they did bring in some people, I think I said this before, you got to do the Froger treatment. You don't have it be two like models who are athletic, who could be out in the jungle doing all this stuff that obviously yeah. would stand out. Have it be like two, you know, random, you know, your average Joe, average Sally, just like 
person who there's a reason why they weren't out going through the jungle is because they're like Froger. They they wanted they're afraid. They're scared or something like that. Oh. I, I think I think I probably have a I think I like Nikki and Paolo more than a lot of people did and and Dang it, Steven. It it may just be my, my fondness for Rodrigo Santoro. You know, he's from Love Actually to the um he was in Rio. I've I've watched a lot of Rio with my son. He's the the voice of the main character in there. I've just I've always liked liked him as an actor, and uh, you know I kind of enjoyed him on this show. And uh, you know the their their episode coming up is is kind of fun. So I actually didn't mind the you know them coming along for the for the journey here. I I kind of thought it was fun getting a little fresh blood. You know, it's just I just don't think it's done in a smooth enough way. It just feels right. It just it feels odd. It feels it, off. It, it it feels like they try too hard to insert them into the story. Like for you know, like for example, how is it that Nikki is the one who figures out that the TVs will show the other hatches? When you have like a communications man in Saeed and Locke who's obsessed with these been obsessed with these hatches. You think one of them would recognize, oh, I want these other TVs. You know, if this is an observing station, maybe they're observing other, you know, stations. How is it? I mean, it's like they just forcefully inserted Nikki to be the one to say, oh, see, look, she has an important part. Yeah, (laughs) I I think if they had maybe done, I don't know, if they'd somehow been able to do the Nikki and Paulo episode or some way to introduce them better. But the way they just kind of like show up on the beach, I think. It just, uh, you know, the same suspension of disbelief, you know, it, it takes your, it breaks your suspension of disbelief there. So it, it makes you aware of the TV show. You're like, oh, yeah. And you're suddenly you're starting to think about the nature of the TV show instead of like being in the world of Lost. That's how I feel about it. But I, I do think there's some parts I enjoy. I'm not like, I think I am not as hard to, uh, on them as maybe Mike is, but. Uh, let's talk about Locke here because I think that's the more interesting part is Saeed shows up and you know this is Saeed and and, uh, Son and Jin are are back and they're they're looking over uh, you know Saeed and Hurley or whatever and Charlie are looking over Echo Mm -hmm. in in the tent there and he's like well Locke will want to know you're back we better better tell him and it totally just feels like Locke has like assumed the leadership role and this is like maybe some of Locke's best uh, leading he does throughout the show because he's yeah. very hit or miss on it. And, you know, they, they all kind of like get together and talk and, you know, Desmond is there. And I, I love that Saeed is skeptical. He's like, you know, why are we talking about this in front of Desmond? <laughs> <laughs> uh, which as a Lost fan, you guys, we, we forget like, oh, yeah, Desmond wasn't really trusted at this time. He was not, right. you know, especially by Saeed. Saeed is skeptical. Yeah. And then, you know, Locke, of course, this is like a very Locke, uh, this is like Locke politics here. Um, <laughs> two birds with one stone. You know, we're going to save the guy who's dying, but we're also going to do my little mission at the same time. <laughs> it, it was, and it was funny too, because he's standing at the platform and he says, you know, he says stuff like, um, or he's standing at the, at the food pantry and, and, and I noticed you had this here on your notes as well, where he said, um, um, does anybody want to volunteer to go with me? on this on this thing and everybody's just kind of looking around like do we and he's like he's like he's like well what's going on well 
Jack never asked anybody if they wanted to go along. <laughs> and, 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 and then what did he say, Court or Steven? I'm not Jack. <laughs> Does he say it's a free island? <laughs> oh, free island, so, do whatever you want. Which oh, I don't know if Jack would agree that it feels like a free island right now. <laughs> no, not that free. But, I mean, I thought it was good. So, you know, they, they, they get their merry band, you know, the merry crew together. You know, Locke, Saeed, uh, Nikki Paolo, um, Charlie, they all start. Well, and, and there was a great line in here. I think, is it Desmond who's asking him, like, you know, why are we not going to save your, uh, your friend? Why are we also doing that? And he's like, oh, it's the same place. Oh, what a coincidence. And uh, Locke gives a great line, you know. Don't mistake coincidence for fate. So yep. it's a good sign that Locke, he's like, he's back in his groove. <laughs> he had to do a little sweat lodge thing, but now we've got, it's well, like, I, I'm able to forget about that, like, weird, depressed uh, <laughs> Locke that we had at the end of last season. Yeah, this is this is where his character really starts to take off for the rest of the series. I do think it's kind of funny, though, because Locke really was involved in a lot of those conversations with Jack, you know, they're, a lot of times they were running off into the jungle for these missions. You know, Locke was involved in a lot of that. You know, he would tell, you know, Jack to stay behind. Like, you know, you're the doctor. You stay here. I'm the hunter. I'm going to go. So, you know, this whole, oh, everybody's welcome thing. That's not really who he has been the, the previous, you know, 70 days on the island. So, you know, maybe he's growing. I don't know. But, you know, he, he's been right there with Jack kind of keeping secrets and doing their own thing yeah well, well again i mean i i was kind of kidding but Locke, when he's a leader here and next season when he's going to be a leader of his own camp he really does kind of play the political game of like <laughs> let me get the people on my side by giving them like choices and giving them this seeming like freedom like hey you can leave whenever you want like he does these things but uh, he does pick up a little bit of Ben too, where he's kind of <laughs> deceiving people at the same time with his leadership. So um, it's interesting. We'll, I mean, we'll get into more of that as the you know next couple seasons. But uh, I mean, Echo. I mean, can we should we just skip ahead to when like they stumble upon Echo? Well, yes, so, I, I, I yeah. do. I, I do want to go back real quick and just ask a question. So the scene we talked about where Mr. Echo was in the tent and then the tent catches on fire, you know, his, Yemi, you know, comes to see him and says, you know, or I forget exactly what he said. You know, basically he, he goes to find Yemi because Yemi came to him in the tent, but then the tent sets on fire. Um, <laughs> and did, did, Man in Black, Yimmy, set the fire here. What what do we think was happening? How did this fire start? Did... Ryan started the fire. <laughs> Ryan. It's been Ryan. always been burning since the world's, fire. The world's been turning. Just... Fire guy. Fire guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't know how. I don't know who started the fire. My, my suspicion on who started the fire um, I think it was. I think it. I don't think it could have been the man in black because I think they would have heard him there. I think it. I. I don't know. I almost think it could have been Echo. 
I think he started the fire. I think he started the fire so they would pull him out so he could so he could get away. Without any, I mean, I, in, in all in all the commotion, I I mean, I think it could have been Echo. What do you guys think? I don't. I, again, I I don't know. I just that that it kind of. I couldn't figure that out. Yeah, that's why I threw that in here. Yeah, honestly, I have no idea. I was trying to look it up. That's why I was uh, silent there. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I don't know. It, again, if, if anybody does know or you think, you know, you just have a theory on it, let us know. I, I think the best theory is, yeah, was it Man in Black? I mean, that's just like the, the go-to theory for anything, which is, you know, good and bad. It's an explanation, but it's also sometimes a boring explanation, so... <laughs> I will say though, I, I am impressed at how our our losties have gotten great at putting out fires with sand. Like there's been so many fires on the beach that they've just they're just old pros at putting out these these fires that pop up. It happens all the time between the rafts and the <laughs> yeah, and then you know Charlie and Sawyer's little fi- yeah, fire, yeah, right? Yeah, there's there's constantly fires, and they're just getting great at just throwing sand and putting mm-hmm. them out. They got a whole a little kind of a bucket brigade thing going on there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, what else, do y'all? Um... Well, so you uh, so there, go there's ahead. a scene where like Echo is like stumbling through like the stream or whatever, and we see the reflection of the smoke monster. I mean, this is I mean, we we kind of buried the lead here. This episode is like the smoke monsters real coming out party like we have seen the smoke monster in glimpses at times a little bit in season two um like uh, barely even visible in season one i think in exodus Um, and obviously smoke monster is a big part of season one um but you don't really see it but we finally get like the full you know high quality (laughs) effects here and like the first shot where it's uh the reflection the reflection in the water, pretty freaking sweet, I have to say. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm I don't I get bummed about parts of this episode because like, this is Echo's last, you know, stand on the island, and he's like stumbling. You know, he's like just seems completely out of it, and it doesn't seem like the Echo character that we, you know, have grown to love. He's not himself, so. That's kind of kind of sucks. He's probably dehydrated and not really, you know, he's he went through the the uh, the hatch blast and then he was dragged off into a cave by a, a polar bear. So he's had a rough couple days. <laughs> he should have yeah. just he should have just stuck with building his church. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, he should have. You're right. I think. Who is it? The, I think Saeed asks Charlie and he's like. Are you talking about before he was uh, captured by the polar bear or a- after? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, now, I, I I did enjoy the, the smoke monster conversation with uh, Echo and Locke about what they saw, um, you know, with the, with, you know, when they saw the smoke, uh, yeah. you know, where, you know, Locke says he's you know he saw a bright light it was beautiful and Mr. Echo said that is not what I saw. <laughs> so I <love> <laughs> okay, so two things then about this. Number one, 
the reason John Locke could have saw a bright light is because when this when the man in black you know possessed him back in season one and he saw the black and he saw the white light his his eyes were finally open to the truth that was going on it could have been number one or number two he could have saw jacob that's that's a theory i've had too is that maybe it wasn't the smoke monster john Locke saw but maybe it was jacob and uh and 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 maybe jacob looked at him and kind of realized you're not the one I need. And anyways, I, I'm wondering if 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 Echo is seeing the man in black and John saw uh, Jacob in that moment. So is Jacob just like Jesus now? He's just like I mean, he, he, here, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We don't we don't we don't know really much about Jacob's powers, though, on the show. We really don't know much about him. We know the man in black can become the smoke monster, but we don't know exactly what. Jacob could actually do himself. So, so it's just I, a thought. I, no, I, I, it's it's a reasonable thought. I'm, I was, I, it has always been kind of a confusing thing, and they very clearly bring it back up several times to show, like, hey, this wasn't, it wasn't a mistake or whatever. But the fact that it was a bright light, and then later it's not a bright light. My understanding was. That the smoke monster was like doing its thing, where it's like reading the person, yeah. and maybe the smoke monster wasn't completely like it just like partially came out of whatever, and it was just like all Locke saw was like this bright light that kind of like consumed him, like when he the smoke monster does its I guess judgment or whatever you want to call it for Ben later on, and he kind of does it in this episode with, uh, with Echo, you know when you see like the bright light and all the little images going around. Which I have to say, when the smoke monster flashes its like memories and its images, that is another thing that kind of like takes me out of it because you're like, oh, like the smoke monster shows these images that just happen to be the same, you know, it's like camera angles from Lost, you know. <laughs> I don't know, you know, what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but like, it's you know, it is what it is. It's a TV show. It's not exactly gonna be. What what did y'all think about him taking taking over Yemi's body? Well, okay, I just want to bring up this like b- right before we talk about that. I don't know. Locke gets like the knife put up against his neck by Echo when he says, "Are you looking for Yemi?" <laughs> that was intense, right? Yeah, <laughs> seemed like a bit of an overreaction from yeah. from Echo. Well, he was he was delirious. <laughs> And he was, he was, he was, he was, you know, he was fighting some things and off in his mind at the time. So, you know, he, you know, he, he's a little out, he's a little off, off that, on that moment. But yeah, it's, it, it, it escalated very quickly, boys and girls. <laughs> I note, note to self, don't miss, mention Mr. Echo's brother. <laughs> don't say Yimmy. Let's not yeah. say Yimmy. What's <laughs> so. your question, Mike? I mean, I love the whole the stuff with Yemi. And, you know, I think we we were wondering, you know, uh, Echo looks for Yemi's body. And it's not there. You know, my thought is like, OK, the smoke monster, he's basically he's screwing with Echo right now. He's messing with him. And we know that Jack's I mean, uh, Christian Shepherd's body is missing. So the smoke monster has done this kind of trick before he drags off the person's body. You know, now he can turn himself into that person 
and then he tries to screw with them that he's like a ghost or it's a real person or whatever it is. This is kind of smoke monster. Uh, yeah. One Oh one. And, uh, but, but why do you guys think the smoke monster is messing with echo? I mean, what is, yeah, I think a, cause echo was a candidate. Echo was yeah, a candidate. Possibly. And, and, and I think, and I think when, when, when he could not get echo to confess, and he saw just how stubborn and hard-willed Echo was going to be. He realized, oh crap, this guy could pose an issue to me in the future if I want to take over. Because he's he, he, he's, he's hard-willed, he's strong, he's got a leader-style charismatic charisma, charisma to him. So when, he, so, when he's, so when he made that decision, I'm not going to. That's when the smoke box was like, I got to get rid of this candidate because... If not, it's going to it, it's going to make it harder for me in the future to completely take over. That's my thought on it. But if he was a candidate, then he wouldn't have been able to kill him. I just thought mm-hmm. of that too. True. Maybe uh, maybe that rule hadn't been applied yet. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So there's there's confusion. <laughs> I, he I still think he could be a candidate or something. I don't know. But well, well, what, yeah, go ahead, Stephen. I think what I don't like about this story is how it kind of takes away the coolness of the previous time when Echo stared down the smoke monster. That was when we really, you know, Mr. Echo's the 23rd Psalm where the smoke monster comes and, he, you know, he's he's the first person we see really scare down, stare down the smoke monster and not be scared. And at that point, the smoke monster you know, scans him, does whatever the smoke monster does, and leaves. So, you know, that that was kind of something cool about Mr. Echo, that they, that to me, it, it's never made sense why it went so differently this time. Um, you know, because Mr. Echo, the character, you know, hasn't changed. He, you know, he's still not afraid. You know, they kind of made it seem before that, you know, that he could stare him down because he wasn't afraid. Um, but I, I certainly don't think there was anything apologetic about Mr. Echo before. So the whole thought that, you know, that he, he got killed because he wouldn't, you know, a- apologize for what he did. Just It never never made sense to me from the smoke monster perspective like i love his little speech that he gave to yimmy and like i love mr echo in this moment but it never made sense to me why the smoke monster reacted this way this time compared to last time yeah well i don't know if you saw i wrote these put these notes at the bottom uh according to where you know google um (laughs) echo was killed by the monster because he failed to atone for and admit his past sins unlike ben linus in season five i believe uh, echo refused to admit fault and the responsibility for his sins here uh so having judged echo guilty the monster killed him you know this is the court of uh the smoke monster uh <laughs> so you know i guess the you know the man in black uh states at one point his belief that all humans are sinful and corruptible. You know, the Man in Black has some, a pretty harsh view of humanity. <laughs> you know, it always ends the same. They come, they fight, they corrupt, you know, blah, blah, blah. He has a very pessimistic view of people. And so, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, uh, my perception is the monster didn't think that Echo could be used as a tool. And so he just killed him. You know, that I can't, this guy's not going to do what I want. I can't manipulate, manipulate him. So I'm done with him. Uh, I, I mean, that, that, to, that to me makes perfect sense. But then I'm wondering why he didn't do that before, you know, like what changed? Is I guess my my where where well I, I mean thrown off. you know I did echo change something about what he was going through between the the you know we're doing the hatch and then it blowing up and all that stuff I don't know what <laughs> I mean the the pest you know my view would say what changed is we got this flashback that showed he killed these three guys <laughs> in the church which obviously that had already really happened in reality. Yeah. So I, I think that is one of the the negative points of this episode is that these that murder of those guys plays a huge role. I mean, that seems like one of the things that Echo is supposed to be confessing here. And maybe it maybe it makes more sense in that regard that he was trying to actually sell the vaccines. Maybe I was wrong about the whole trap thing because it shows that, you know, this is something that Echo is supposed to confess but it, it it's not very satisfying because like oh okay like all of a sudden it's really important that he confessed these things that we just learned about in the flashback but like why wasn't that important earlier so i yeah. kind of get what you're saying um, I, I i do i kind of get that as fact that you know I, I don't think he'd be easily manipulated and because of that just what monster just said all right so he throws him against a bu- you know a bunch of trees and slams him into the ground really hard and that's just enough to kill him so by the way i will say that scene was kind of awkward um watching it again i'm like okay cool but it was it, it was it was very um you could tell he was definitely on a pulley system <laughs> the way his body was going like 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 you could tell it was definitely you know 2006 style stunts so i, I thought it was pretty good for i mean i mean yeah. i mean it was okay it wasn't, it wasn't phenomenal but i mean it was okay i i think it was far better than the polar bears we've seen yes <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe they I, maybe they blew their budget on the polar bears so that's why they had to use a pulley system quick guys go up go up, go up. I yeah, I would think it is the other way. They blew their budget on this. I think this, I thought it looked pretty good. I like this. I would say the scene with Yemi and an Echo in the field. That's an awesome location with those those like red flowers. Yeah. Like really, uh, it's a really chilling scene. And then Stephen teased this line at the beginning, but yeah, when he says to you know Yemi or Echo gives a whole speech about like, hey, I did this stuff to survive. I'm not confessing. And I'll give Echo some credit here. Like, he doesn't want to confess because, like, this guy isn't his brother. He's trying to, like, mess with him. And Echo kind of sniffs out, like, something is weird. Like, I mean, he still thinks it's yummy. Don't get me wrong. But there is something odd about this whole thing. And then, you know, the yummy says, you know, you speak to me as if I were your brother. And that is, I think that's a really cool reveal, in my opinion. Because, like, that is a big, you know lost mythology moment to realize like okay like it's confirmed that the smoke monster can transform into Into people into people or take over their bodies yeah okay all right anything else about 
our, our, our infamous Echo, we obviously we know Echo, Echo, Echo dies, and it's whispered in the lock's ear, you're next, or, or y'all are next. So, here's my question. Was he saying you're next? He, he says, you know, Locke says, he said we're, we're next. Was Echo saying you're next like everybody, or specifically, John, you're next? That's a good question. I mean, do we get somewhat of an answer on that later this year? I feel like we we get more information about what he said there. Am, am I imagining this? I I can't remember, but I think he's referencing Locke. And I think yeah. Locke... I think Does Locke, Locke figure it out later or something? Well, yeah. Well, he, yeah. Locke looks yeah, at the... Yeah, uh, Jack and all them, we, we gotta go back to the island. You know, that's when he figures it out, when he shows up on the island dead. It's the... <laughs> they bury they bury Echo and they use the stick, his Jesus stick, as the yeah look north is the grave north. mark. Yeah, and it says yeah look up and and go north. That's the message he gets. Yeah. All right. So Echo's gone. Somebody who's not gone yet has been. So maybe if y'all are done talking about the Losties. Unless you got something well, else. I just I, I'm glad that Mr. Echo went out the you know, I'm sad he went out, but I'm glad he didn't, you know, apologize for his life. Cause I really do feel like he was consistently watching out for his brother and yeah. I, I I I love the the speech he gave to think when he thought it was his brother. I just if he had to go out, I'm glad he went out that way. But again, I am very sad we we don't get more echo. Yeah, me too. I really wish we could find the um, figure out what his storyline was going to be afterwards. Um, so, all right, so let's go back to the cult now on Hydra Island. The one with the the one with the, oh, by the way, before we go to the cult on Hydra Island, um, we do get a quick nod to Eye Patch, which we'll see later on in the season. Yeah, yeah. That, that, it, I don't think we need to say much about the the hatch down there, but it's a cool tease of yeah, Mikhail. You know him so. looking. I mean, it's a great shot. They're going to use that on a million uh, previously unlost, uh, you know, segments <laughs> at the beginning. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And so. uh, you know, we'll, we'll come back to this whole scene with with Paulo too in the in the bathroom. We get we get us a, a second version of this scene. Uh, well, he so. he he had to pee. Anyways, uh, <laughs> <laughs> testament. Hey, great plumbing. It works. Yeah. You know, still works after all these years. So let's talk about animal fat French fries. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I love I love the way that when Ben brings in the in the white cultish kind of a robe uh, to to Jack, he's kind of flips the tables on Ben, and you can tell like Ben is like. You could tell it knocks him off, like 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 his center. Like like you could tell it completely catches Ben off guard when he flips the tables over on him and says, uh, "Hey, cool. If that's not your tumor, hey, that's 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 cool." <laughs> he just he just he just. I mean, he completely straight straight Ben Linus manipulates Ben himself, and uh, I thought it was a really good point, really good start. Uh, start. Yeah, it, it's great to see how Jack has really like got gotten his bearings here now. Like coming from where he was in episode one, he's like positioned himself pretty well. So, 
It's good. And 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 because later on in another scene on Hydra Island, we get this we get this this comment from Ben. He goes back in to talk to to, to Jack, and he says, "We had such a good plan to break you." And then it just got all screwed up when you saw my x-rays. And, um, and you know, Jack at that moment never said it was Ben's. And then Ju- Juliet says, you know, or Jack said to Juliet, why did you, not Jack, but uh, Ben said to Juliet, you know, why did you tell him that those were my x-rays? She said, I didn't, but apparently you did. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a great one-two punch there. Um, I, I, I just, I, I love Elizabeth Mitchell. I think she's an amazing actress on the show. I love her character. I think she was perfect for this part. Well, I mean, this definitely was playing into the whole, you still just didn't know what side she was on. You know, you you kept getting indications that maybe, you know, maybe she was on Jack's side, but then, you know, you're still wondering, is this just her playing him? So I think she does a very, she plays a very good, you know, kind of ambiguous motivation type thing that, you know, even even when she has her little video at the end, you're still wondering, like, is this, is this a trick or is this legit? And Jack's yeah. obviously wondering that too. Yeah, I'm not even sure, you know, to trust her. Um, you know, watching this, it, it it does seem like you don't, you can't trust her. Like she may be trying to trick. You. Like it seems like, oh, this could be Ben's. Ben told her to do this, but uh, I don't, I don't think that's the case, right? She does this on her own, but it's just really hard to tell. Um, you know what well, she's, you know, whose side she's on. I think she genuinely wants out. I I really do because you know, and I go back to her. To, to the flashback before the plane landed, you know, right there at the, you know, in the others, you know, cabins and camp and stuff like that. And, and she's just, she, she's weeping because she wants out. I think she, she, she just wants out of this place and she can't leave and Ben won't let her leave. And I think she wants out. I think they genuinely want a change. Um, of course, now this whole theory of mine of her actually wanting out is definitely going to come to a head here in a couple episodes when he's when Ben is actually under the knife and you see the the fight between Juliet and Jack flare up on the near the operating table. That one's going to be interesting. Um, so they do the show does a really good job at 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 making you think you know the answer, then making you doubt the answer change your answer and then doubt it again and come back to your original answer. And they do a really good job, especially with Jack and Juliet and, and Ben. Okay. But, but let's talk about the most, most important part. I, I agree with what you're saying there. It's, it's really, um, they make her so hard to read, but yes. What's with these robes? Do we see these ever again? <laughs> no, they, honestly, they, they wasn't as bad as they were in my memory, I just thought they were like, oh yeah, remember the stupid like robes they wear, and then it never. never did they maybe? Do we maybe see them again in the uh, the Lost in Translation episode, Jack's tattoo episode? Maybe not. I think this is it, just for this funeral. Yeah, but it is weird. Like they make this seem like this is part of the others, like kind of culture, and I just I don't know. It kind of looks like what Jacob wears in his regular. So is this supposed to be like a Jacob costume? 
<laughs> it's his <laughs> nightgown. <laughs> They're like, it's a homage to Jacob. They're like wearing his, his jersey. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I I feel like even in the in the episode you're talking about too, the stranger in the strange land with the with Jack. Oh, that's Spider- yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, with yeah. um, they they had the whole like kind of trial of Juliet. We're getting ahead of ourselves here, but like I feel like they set up a lot of interesting kind of weird stuff about the others that once they again once they decided on the end date of the show. They kind of dropped a lot of this. So I, I really feel like they set up a lot of kind of interesting things about the others that they really, you know, never followed through on because, you know, they, they again, they didn't know how long they were going to be kind of telling this story. And then once they kind of got an end point, they, they, they kind of dropped some. So, like, I don't feel like we ever got any more about, you know, this kind of way they did funerals and stuff, which which is interesting. It did make me think, um, you know, because we're kind of seeing another, you know, dead body perhaps uh, being used by the men in black. Do you think that's why they, they you know, sent, burned the bodies out to sea is because... Yeah, um, probably. I mean, how much do they know about that? You know, how, who makes... These decisions, you know, was it always this way for funerals, or was it was that a Dharma Initiatives thing? Was that an others thing? Like, I I think it was a Jacob thing. I think Jacob said, "Hey, this is what you got to do, and this is why." When Jacob was just trying to make it so the man in black could not possess them, and yeah. so this is what you do to get him to not possess them. And and you got to think the others. Honestly, I thought this was not going to hold up very well. It was kind of like yeah, meh to me. It was fine. But when you think about what we learned about the others, um, I think, you know, they speak Latin. I know that is like a thing. And uh, Jacob's Jacob and the man in black. I, I mean, there are some that seems like some sort of kind of like Latin esque background there. I don't know where they're supposed to be from, but I know the other people who crashed there are Romans originally. So, um, you know, there's like really old cultures there that have like been there for a long time and so you could see some weird um you know weird but like some you know traditions like these kind of uh um straight yeah i guess kind of weird traditions that have have built up over you know hundreds of years through the others (laughs) so i mean i can kind of buy it i do think it's there are certainly things in this episode and in the stranger in a strange land episode that we see once and then you never see again you know, you're like, oh, they forgot about that. All right. Well, uh, I think that kind of just about wraps up our storyline here uh, for this episode. So uh, let's uh, let, let's move on to what we got here. We do have an in memoriam this week, Stephen. And uh, because he's your friend, your compadre, <laughs> your buddy, who is in our memoriam this weekend that we will never see again? Uh, R.I.P. Mr. Echo. We barely knew ye. Barely knew you, but we still have your stick, so thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, so let's rate this episode then. What do we got, Steven? All right, let's uh, let's rate this episode. Um, one out of one to 23 uh, stolen graham crackers from the food shed. Um, Excellent. All right, Corey, how many uh, how many stolen graham crackers would you give this episode? Yeah, well, 
It's interesting. I watched this episode maybe a couple months ago. I was just, you know, sometimes when we're doing these this podcast, I just get into it and I just start watching ahead. <laughs> uh, and I'd watched this and I really didn't enjoy it that much. And it might have been because we were doing season two and it just was the disappointing, abrupt end to um, Echo's story was upsetting to me while we were still podcasting about that season. But rewatching this, I, you know what? I really enjoyed it. There's some things that are disappointing. I talked about some of the storytelling stuff that I didn't like, that didn't, it kind of felt just like, you know, let's uh, put this all uh, to an end here. But, you know, I'm going to give it a 19 out of 23 uh, stolen uh, graham crackers from the food shed. All right. Mike, uh, how many stolen graham crackers would you give this episode? Uh, I'm kind of right down the average on this one. I'm right down the middle. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't great to me, but it wasn't terrible. So that's why I'm giving it a 14 out of 23 stolen graham crackers from the food shed. All right. Um, I'm gonna give this one a 20 out of 23. I I, I think it's just mostly out of my undying love for Mr. Echo. Um. I, I enjoyed the backstory, um, and I really enjoyed Mr. Echo's kind of speech to, you know, Yimmy at the end. Uh, I thought that was that was good. Now, uh, I don't love that we lost the character and how we lost the character, but knowing what, um, you know, knowing what... Um, you know that he that he asked to leave the story. I think they did the best they could with it, and yeah. uh, the rest of the episode I thought was really good. I love the scene, you know, the the whole video scene and everything there. So, uh, with, with Juliet's little secret video, I thought that was a nice touch. So, uh, all in all, that was a really good episode. Even if even if I do hate the fact that we lost, <laughs> so. I figured I figured you were going to be around that 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 rating for this episode. <laughs> Hey, yeah, it could have gone different way. Cause again, like looking back on it, like I, I dread this episode because ah, it's when we lose Mister Echo. But it was it was still good, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, as we end things out here, um, we of course we got a couple unanswered questions here. Uh, what did Echo mean when he said "you're next"? And we all kind of you know already speculated a little bit on that. Um, and another answer we never got is what became of Yimmy's body. Uh, personally, I think. The Man of Black just dropped it back off, and it eventually just kind of decomposed into the ground. Well, I mean, it does also bring up the question of, you know, Christian's body. You know, we we Christian's body wasn't there when we saw Christian Man in Black become Christian. Yimmy's body was gone, but then when he takes over Locke's body, Locke's body is still there. You know, late, later on. So I, I think that. I don't know how how we reconcile that, but I think again, I, I think maybe his body just I think he put Jimmy's body back and it just decomposed. So you think so, he just takes so he doesn't actually have to have the he doesn't actually have to take the body. Like once he gets the form, then whatever happens to the body doesn't matter. Could be. Yeah, I think he's just playing playing mind games. I think he's just screwing with them. You yeah. take the body away. Then you appear as that person. It screws with him more. Oh yeah, because you think like this is really him. He's come back to you know whatever. And there's something 
So it's just, uh, you know, like I said, Smoke Monster 101 here. Yep. Hide the body. <laughs> uh, we didn't have any Sawyer's Name Dictionary because we did not have Sawyer this episode. And uh, that's kind of sad. Uh, but we do have some pop culture connections. Here we go. So, To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, Juliet offered to show Jack this 1962 American drama film adaptation of Harper Lee's novel. Um, <clears throat> Juliet's video in which she holds up cue cards is reminiscent of Bob Dylan's video for Subterranean Homesick Blues. In the scene, both Jack and Juliet are subterranean. In later episodes, we learn that they're both homesick and blue. Um, I Wonder. I Wonder is a song played at Colleen's funeral. It was performed by Brenda Lee. Here's your answer for some white robes there, uh, Corey. <clears throat> the others wear white robes to the funeral, which follows tradition of Hindu funeral practices. In many Asian cultures, white is the funeral color. Adopting this characteristically Eastern practice would be keeping with the other motifs associated with the Dharma initiative. So I was completely wrong about <laughs> completely <laughs> the Romans or whatever the heck I thought. <laughs> oh, definitely the Hindus. Uh, Psalm 23, Echo starts reciting Psalm 23 before the smoke monster attacks him. And Echo Lagos, this 2001 song performed by Femi Kuti is playing on a radio during Echo's black market vaccine deal with the trader at a bar in Nigeria. Lagos, Nigeria's largest city, was formerly known as Echo. There we go. Oh, it was an Echo of Echo. All right, well, you know, we passed... We, we've kind of buried what was a lot of season two stuff we discussed. You know, all those characters that came, everybody except Bernard is pretty much dead, unfortunately, the Tailies. So that's sad. Uh, so rest in peace, Echo. It was it was really enjoyable. We had you. But now we move on to uh, other things. And we've got I Do next, Love. which Ooh. is a Kate episode. And I think. Might be bold, but I think this could be the best Kate episode. Ooh, ooh. hot in hot take. In my memory, <laughs> it is. I might be wrong. I'm, I'm probably gonna eat those words next time we talk. So we'll see. Ooh, that is a hot take. You know, I'll give you another hot take okay. to lead the listeners uh, thinking. Um, uh, uh, an unpopular opinion: Age of Ultron is much better than the first Avengers movie. Ooh. Hey. <laughs> I don't want to say it's better, but I, I do think it's it's underrated. So, you know. It is definitely referenced more in the MCU than the original Avengers movie. It has more implications for the entire MCU. Just well, saying. Is that because there's so many plot holes they had to like fill it <laughs> nope. in over and over again? No, no, you have a covia. Anyways, we're not talking about all that now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, anyways, yep, look forward to I Do next time uh, on Previously on Lost. And uh, y'all check us out on Twitter. It's been great. It's been real. Uh, but we are going to um, close down the Beechcraft for another episode. And we'll be back next time here, Previously on Lost. And uh, take care and goodbye, everybody. All right, yeah. see you later. Have a good one.